This is the Friday, June 4th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Another week is wrapping up. We've got plays for tonight and into the weekend. So sit back and enjoy in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenbaugh on this glorious Friday mornings. Yeah, buddy. Uh, the Suns closed it out. How about that? We talked about this thing for a while. Could have had him to win the West at 11-1 to 1 earlier in the week. No LeBron, possibly no Clippers after tonight. And I know we'll get into that in a moment. It's kind of wild the way the NBA is shaking up. I like it. I like the diversity, and I like the new fresh faces that are going to be on center stage moving forward. Yeah, it's pretty funny just as a Laker fan watching all these hot takes and these like grandiose statements. Let's not forget the Lakers were 21-6 and six and running away with the Western Conference until people started getting hurt. Maybe right. just injuries. Maybe it's just injuries. Maybe it's not a bad attitude. Maybe it's not just the wrong roster. 21-6 and six and your two best players get hurt. That's bound to happen. So congrats to the uh, Suns, and we're moving forward. So, uh, Joe, as you know, I was on both dogs yesterday. Nothing for me tonight in terms of a side, but why don't you lead us off with Clips Mavs? So I'm going to play the Clippers, or excuse me, the Mavericks in this matchup. Let me be very clear. I'm going to take the points, two and a half or three, depending on where you look right now. I know that the home team hasn't won a game in this series. I'm not too concerned about that. What I did was I spent some time looking through those Dallas losses, two in this series so far, and I tried to find the reasons why. And it's kind of obvious. Number one, the Luka Doncic injury. And number two, they were shooting at such a ridiculous clip in the first two games of this series, 50% from three. That was eventually going to fall off, and it did. And as a result, they had an awful shooting night in game four, combined with the Doncic injury, which led to a couple of defeats. So I asked myself, if that's what knocked them down in those two games, do either one of those factors come into play tonight? Luca looks healthy. On Wednesday, he dropped 42 points. So I don't think that's a concern. And when it comes to a shooting regression, you could always have an off night. But ultimately, in that last game that they played, Dallas was average. They shot 41% from the floor, which is actually below average. And they shot 38% from deep, which is slightly above average. So I don't see any regression, positive or negative, coming for the Mavericks. Not worried about the Doncic injury. And I do know that for a five-game series, and now it's going to look like six straight, the Clippers are going to be favored in every one of these games. And I'm surprised by that. Number one, Dallas has looked better through the majority of this series. And number two, we know what the Clippers do in the playoffs. So I think this should be closer to pick them. And given everything that's out there, I'll take the points with the Mavericks in the spot. Yeah, the line's moved up, actually, from two to three here. Desperation, obviously, Clippers won games three and four, as we all know, in Dallas. I, I lean that way. I'm going to take the first quarter over. I've talked about uh, the scoring in the first half has been higher in this series. That If you look at the totals, uh, especially the second half totals, it's been crazy. You see the stark contrast. But for me, uh, through the first five games, four of the five have all flew over the total in the first quarter, except for the game where Luca had the nerve thing on, what was it, Sunday night? Um so I'm, um, I'm just going to ride that train. First quarter over, both teams are going to push the pace a little bit. Shooting's been fine. It's a relatively low number in the, uh, I want to say, 55 and a half. So uh, I, I, that's my favorite play. As for the weekend, Joe. We let, me, let, me throw, let me slide one thing in there because I think you made an excellent point when you were commenting on the back end of what I said regarding the point spread and regarding desperation. You made an excellent point before we started Daily Wager yesterday, 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, you know how we do, um, that 
we talk about these closeout games in game six. Teams have an opportunity and people say, well, well, they're backs against the wall. You know, you got to win this game to force a game seven. And you were like, why do we buy into that? It's just as likely the other team can come out and just close the show. Port Denver closed the show on Portland. Phoenix closed the show on the Lakers. So I think that logic, and again, to you, your credit yesterday, it's an excellent point. This logic that, well, the Clippers' backs are against the wall. They have to force a game seven. Okay. Does that mean Dallas is taking the night off? I don't think so. Right. No, it's a great point. It's a great point. And, and that's why we didn't. And historically, game six, the teams that are up 3-2 actually have finished things off on the road. And they've been great against the spread. So it's a good point. Um, we have some series starting this weekend. Anything standing out to you uh, in terms of the weekend slate? So when it comes to Atlanta and Philly, I'll just be quick on this one. I got to do some more research with the Embiid injury before I really get involved. I do like the under in game one. I'm still sorting through that a little bit. But between the pace, the defense, and the possibility of no Joel Embiid, total sitting around 220, 220 and a half. I'm looking under. What I do like is a series of bets in this next Bucks matchup. Total's 239 and a half. I'm going to play the over. Uh, the Bucks team total is 118 and a half. I'm going to play the over there as well. That's actually my favorite of the two options. Uh, let's look at Milwaukee's resume, right? The last two years, they flamed out in the playoffs, and they did it last year against Miami and the year before against Toronto, right? That's the big knock against the Bucks. Well, what's kind of the resume for those two teams? Because they're very similar. They were both very good defensive teams, Milwaukee, uh, Miami and Toronto, that is, and they played at a league average or slower pace. That's not the Nets. The Nets have a terrible defense. They're 22nd in defensive rating, and they play at a fast pace, 11th. They succeed on offense where those, those other two teams, especially Miami, didn't rate all that high. I love the matchup for Milwaukee because I think it's conducive to them not only getting points, but they do bring the better defense to the table. But what we're talking about here is the number one scoring team in the NBA in Milwaukee at 120 points per game, the number two scoring team in Brooklyn at 118 points per game. And they did that despite the fact that the big three between Durant, Harden, and Irving didn't play together all that much this year. So I think Brooklyn's going to be able to get theirs. Milwaukee's going to be able to get theirs. I don't know who's going to stop who because Milwaukee is number two in pace and Brooklyn's number 11. 239 and a half is high, but I think these teams are going to be flying up and down the court, putting buckets up. I don't think it's going to be a struggle for Milwaukee like we saw in the last two years in the playoffs. So I love Milwaukee to get over 118 and a half total points against this Nets defense. And I think the Nets are going to hold their own offensively and we go over 239 and a half. Fascinating. Fascinating. I'm, uh, I'm already envisioning a first half involvement for me. Uh, there you go. Excited on that front. So uh, I got nothing, and I just got to feel some stuff out. You mentioned the Embiid injury. Obviously, that is a large part of it. I got to explore it. I think that's kind of cheap on the Sixers in the series, but it's hard to you know go too heavy without knowing the exact um, you know uh, status of Embiid or at least the timeline in that regard. I have some baseball want to get involved. I think there's a nice mat pitching matchup with Scherzer and Wheeler. Um, I don't trust the Nats lineup lately as well. So I'm going to go first five under for the Phillies and Nats. A uh, little, little, little appetizer for happy hour. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll do that on this Friday. <laughs> I like that. I'll throw a baseball play in as well. I don't know how many people are going to want to watch this game, but the Tigers are at the White Sox. I would take the Tigers in the first five innings at plus 115. The game was Tigers plus 143. That's now dropped to plus 135. So there's money coming in on the Tigers for the game. I don't know if I want to include the bullpens because there's a big edge for the White Sox over the Tigers. But in the first five innings, I'm playing the starting pitching matchup. I think Spencer Turnbull, the righty for Detroit, is extremely undervalued right now. 
293 ERA on the season. He's putting up a career year in most categories. Um, if you look at his last five starts, he's gone 30 total innings. He's only given up seven earned runs. He's had 28 strikeouts in those 30 innings. That's good for an ERA of 2.1. So not only has the season been great, but he's been in even better form as of late. Now, on the flip side, it's going to be Dallas Keuchel, the lefty, going for the White Sox. 4.53 ERA, which is his worst since 2016 and his second worst ERA of the last eight years. And his strikeouts per nine innings number is the worst we've seen since his 2012 rookie year. So in a year when strikeouts are, strikeouts are way up, Keuchel's numbers are way down. And he, you know, he's probably on the tail end of his career, given what we've seen earlier. Turnbull surging. I think we got a really good price. First five innings is Tigers plus 115. I take a shot there. Okay, I can get behind that. Obviously, Turnbull, uh, one of the better players on the Tigers. I'm going to go to a total. This one for the full game. So I was under three and a half in the first five and the other one. I'm going to go over nine and a half. Twins, um, Royals, both pitchers capable of being a gas can with Shoemaker and Keller on the bump starting. I think the offenses could explode. Actually, they met last week and had a very high-scoring game. I mean, not that that's necessarily um, uh, 100% accurate in terms of uh, prerequisite, but I'd rather they had participated in a blowout than a pitcher's duel. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take that over. Again, a little lean card for me in the association. Don't really have any WNBA plays. Uh, I lean to one of the dogs tonight, but um, I'll pass there. So those are my uh, those are my three plays. Got the over in the baseball. Let, let me tell you something. The only commentary I have on that Twins-Royals game is that I hate the Twins. I hate them. We, we started this. They're supposed to be a lovable team from the Midwest. You know, low payroll and all that. <laughs> I like them on the over win total to start this season. They absolutely suck right now. I had them in their team total over against Matt expletive Harvey and the Orioles earlier this week. They couldn't find a way to put any runs up against the Orioles at all. And I had the over in that game and I knew I was doomed because in the bottom of the first, the Orioles had the bases loaded with no outs and they didn't get a single run in. How the hell do you have the bases loaded with no outs and you come away with zero runs? You should probably get at least two in that situation. Definitely one. To find your way into zero is an extraordinary accomplishment. I'm still mad about that game. I hate the Twins. I hope you win your bet. I will not watch any of it. Well said. Well said. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, it was uh, good catching up. We will we will connect in person in the studio, but uh, wishing everyone a uh, glorious weekend. We are 6 Eastern tonight on ESPN2, but we are noon Eastern on Monday. Of course, we'll have a pod in the morning as well. But uh, we have an early show uh, Monday on ESPN2, just moving around. So, Nooney and Eastern, have a safe and uh, fun weekend. We'll catch you back here next week. 